with someone about something you can't talk about with anyone else, you can talk to us. I'm Dr. Susan Block, your mistress of the airwaves, but my day job is director of the Dr. Susan Block Institute for the Erotic Arts and Sciences, specializing in sex therapy over the phone. Anytime you need to talk, whether you need serious psychotherapy or a hot phone sex experience or a combination, my world-renowned telephone sex therapists are just a phone call away. Totally private, absolutely confidential. We listen, talk with you, advise you, role play for you, fantasize with you, no fantasy is too taboo, and help you with anything from impotence to exhibitionism, fears to desires, fetishes to marriages. For more information, call us at 213 291 9497. That's 213 291 9497 anytime you need to talk. You're listening to Radio Susie One on the World Wide Web. And now, here she is, Dr. Susan Block. Brothers and sisters, lovers and sinners, artists and exhibitionists, voyeurs and connoisseurs all you children of sex and we are all children of sex with a capital X and sex is what we talk about here on the Dr. Susan Block show broadcasting live from Bonoboville at LAX with a capital That's the new Bonoboville brothers and sisters. We have just moved to a beautiful new Garden of Eden in West LA. And uh, we're broadcasting live here uh, on Radio Susie One, on the World Wide Web, Worldwide Revolution, Worldwide Sexual Revelation. And tonight, we're talking about a bonobo conservation revolution. That's right, brothers and sisters. As those of you who know me know, I am a bonobo buff. And uh, I love bonobos. I am inspired by the bonobos. We practice the bonobo way. We try to here in Bonoboville, and, uh, and we've talked to a lot of uh, bonobo experts and, uh, and a few bonobos <laughs> here on uh, Radio Susie One and Dr. Susie TV. And uh, tonight, my featured guest is uh, a very special bonobo guy he's an author an award-winning author his name is Denis Bichard I hope I'm pronouncing that right I think it's the French pronunciation because he was born in uh, British Columbia uh, has traveled around though quite a lot even more than moi 50 countries 
his memoir, Cures for Hunger, which describes growing up with his father who was a bank robber. So this isn't your typical intellectual author in an ivory tower. Father was a bank robber. And it was uh, award-winning pick, Indie Next, Amazon Canada, Editor's Pick, First novel, Vandal Love, published in French and Arabic, won the 2007 Commonwealth Writers' Prize. And if you haven't heard of all that stuff, well, it was on Oprah's Book Club summer reading. He's reported from Iraq and Afghanistan, somehow has managed not to get killed, and has written for LA Times, Salon, Outside, and the Harvard Review the we Yaleys won't hold that against him. And uh, now, he's written something that is very near and dear to our hearts and souls here in Bonoboville. And that is this amazing book. Um, it is uh, about bonobos and conservation in the Congo, in the rainforest, and it focuses on the work of a wonderful old friend of ours named Sally Cox, director of the Bonobo Conservation Initiative, and those of you who really know me well might remember her appearance on this show back in 1997, I think it was, way in another millennium. <clears throat> anyway, this is the book. It's called Empty Hands, Open Arms, The Race to Save Bonobos in the Congo and Make Conservation Go Viral. So I want to welcome the author, Denis Bichard. Hello. Hello. Is uh, De Danny, can you hear us? Hello? Denis Bichard. Denny? Hi. Hi there. There he is. So is it the French or the American? Denis or Denny? It's Denis. Denis. Well, welcome to, to the Dr. Susan Block Show, Denis. I love your book. Very eloquent, very beautiful. And of course, it is a cause that uh, I've been behind for a couple of decades. And I so appreciate uh, what you've done here. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. So, uh, you know, I always ask people who uh, talk about bonobos on the show, how did you get interested in bonobos? And you kind of say it here in your intro that you got interested in bonobos through your interest in conservation. For me, it was the opposite. I mean, I got interested in conservation because of bonobos, really, uh, and their sexy uh, lifestyle. Uh, but tell us about how conservation and your intent to find something viable brought you to the bonobos. Well, I was looking at uh, a number of different... I, was, I, I would guess the best place to start would be I was reading a lot of books on conservation and the environment, and I was seeing that most of these books were really telling... Um, about failure. They were describing failures. They were describing um, environmental catastrophes or or else they were very theoretical. There wasn't a lot in between and there certainly weren't stories that were offering solutions. 
and I began looking for conservation stories or environmental stories that would offer us solutions or give examples of people whose work um, would, could inspire others. Well, I'm so, so glad I, you found I, Sally. Well, I, I heard, somebody I knew told me about her work, about the work of the Bonobo Conservation Initiative. And when I at first heard that for a, you know, a 3 to 5% of the budget of the large in, conservation NGOs in the Congo, they had made more than three times as much protected area. I was fascinated by that, and I wanted to look at their approach and understand how they were doing it. And I also wanted to understand what they were doing that was inspiring the Congolese to take up conservation and make their own protected areas. So, you know, con con their, their approach was making conservation go viral. So, yeah, Sally definitely has a revolutionary approach to conservation. Uh, in the, especially in the Congo, in that it's inclusive of all these people that live near the bonobos. Uh, she doesn't just come in there as, uh, as somebody from the outside, but she gets the, the movement going from the inside. And uh, that's why we call tonight's show the Bonobo Conservation Revolution. Absolutely. That's exactly what she, what, what she does and what her organization does. And so what fascinated me was, was the degree to which, you know, almost the, I'd say the humility with which they approached the local people. And they would go to these communities and with the basic idea that poverty does not equal ignorance. These people, even though they're poor, have a, a, a phenomenal amount of knowledge that conservationists need in order to make conservation viable. And so Sally would go in very humbly and learn from them and, and with the help of BCI and all of her advisors, would um, begin to grow this conservation system from each area in a way that made it authentically part of the, of the local communities. Yeah, and, uh, and of course these local communities, some of them uh, knew all about the bonobos, like the Bogandu people who call them our brothers, our cousins. Uh, but some people who are listening, I mean, very few, because most people who tune into this show, they know we love bonobos. They know about the make love, not war chimpanzees who swing from the trees as well as with each other uh, and how endangered they are. But just in case there's somebody here who's just tuning in, let's, let's just tell who these bonobos are and maybe you can tell how you discovered them. You, you went and you wanted to find a conservation model, you found Sally, and then you found bonobos. How would you describe what bonobos are, who bonobos are? I think that what's, what's amazing about bonobos, and let me say, I'll say this before I really describe bonobos in detail, is that I would say most people in the West grow up with a great deal of knowledge about chimpanzees. And um, not necessarily a deep understanding of them, but most people will know what they are. And if, you, if I say to, to people in the street, what's a bonobo, most people will not know. However, chimpanzees and bonobos share the same amount of DNA with humans. They both share 98.7% of our DNA. And chimpanzees are warlike. They're um, or much more warlike. They wage, they wage war. Um, if you take a male from one group and put them in another group, they'll be killed almost immediately. Mm -hmm. They're not as warlike as humans, but... They're still pretty warlike. They're not as warlike as humans, but they still are. There's a lot of aggression, and all males dominate all females. And they live in a wide swath across Africa. 
But if you look at bonobos, bonobos live in a very small area to the south of the Congo River. They are they're, they're closely related to chimpanzees, and in 40 years of studying them, no one has ever witnessed a, seen a bonobo killing another one of its own kind. Uh, they um, are matriarchal; females rule um, out of and and they they rule uh, you know for the rest of, for their entire lives pretty much. And all males get their status from the status of their mothers. So even if the highest ranking male attacks the lowest ranking female, all females will gang up on him and drive him off. This is a world for Hillary Clinton and Nancy Pelosi. How come they don't get behind bonobos? Um, they might, secretly, but uh, that I don't know. The um, Matriarchal, peaceful. You know, let's get into why they probably don't get behind bonobos, at least not yet, because bonobos are so sexual. It's a little embarrassing for some people. Um, I don't know about that. I mean, that's, that's, that's supposition. I can't really say if Clinton or Pelosi are embarrassed by bonobo sexuality. I, I think that, you know, people who look at bonobos in captivity um, and, and versus bonobos in the wild, bonobos in the wild are sexual. They do resolve conflicts through sex, but not to the same degree that bonobos in captivity do. And that's just because when they're in the wild, they have to expend a, a much more energy finding food, harvesting food, surviving. Right, survival. Um, it's sort of like the amount of sex that two people who are working... Um, full-time jobs and struggling with all the responsibilities of modern life would have versus the amount of sex to people who, to, you know, people who are going to college and have all their food and bills paid for them. Yeah, it's um, not quite that great, I guess, in the zoo, but, uh, but yeah, they have a lot of time on their hands and feet, so they do seem to have more sex, more masturbation, and, of course, humans can observe them more easily. Absolutely. You can observe them much more easily. Uh, but I think that, you know, bonobos, the, the sexual nature of bonobos, uh, I don't think many people are actually that aware of it. I think that it's, uh, I, I think that knowledge about bonobos is spreading slowly and people are only trying to understand. And when people do learn about them, uh, they generally are quite interested and want to understand more. And, uh, you know, I, I think they're fascinating creatures in terms of understanding uh, how evolution can very quickly transform a species from one that might be more warlike to one that might be more peaceful. It's just the simple fact that females in bonobo culture, essentially our understanding is that they basically form coalitions and cease to uh, breed with aggressive males. And you know, certain studies have suggested that they essentially domesticated themselves by refusing to breed with aggressive males. They they bred those aggressive tendencies out of the gene pool. I think that's a theory of Brian Hare, Dr. Brian yeah, Hare, exactly. yeah. who's Vanessa Wood's husband. She was on this show, author of Bonobo Handshake. I mean, there's a, a few theories about it, but it does seem that Bonobo's uh, sexual nature is very much related to their, uh, their ability to reduce violent tension and uh, and not have any wars. Absolutely, it, it does. It does seem that way, and I think that you know there's a number of factors, a number of factors leading to that, and allowing them to do that, um, and to to make sex such a central part of their culture. Uh, but they also have to have those female coalitions that prevent male aggression, um, and which would they've been observed to prevent male aggression 
before there can be a safe environment for, you know, before there can be an environment in which sex can be so central. And, and those female alliances aren't just made over tea and crumpets, but over having sex, a form of Absolutely. sex that's genito-genital rubbing or hoka-hoka is a cuter term that the bongandu, oh boy, I'm not sure I'm pronouncing that right, bongandu people yeah. uh, use. And, uh, and yeah, there's, there's uh, sex all around. And of course, we're interested in that because we're, uh, we're sexologists, sex therapists here at the Institute uh, and on the show. Um, but, um, but, you know, it's great to have this book Empty Hands, Open Arms, which, of course, delves into the sexuality of bonobos, but really, really concentrates on the efforts to save them from extinction. Because, I mean, bonobos have so much to teach us about sex, and uh, that's, you know, what we're interested in, us sex maniacs here on uh, the Dr. Susan Block Show. But bonobos have a lot to teach us about a lot of things. I mean, sex-related, like just getting along, just mm -hmm. communicating. Uh, and the, the thing is, it's just wonderful that we've just discovered them, and that's probably one good reason we don't know too much about them is because we've kind of just found them. And just as we're finding them, we might lose them. That's just yep. so tragic. Absolutely, yes. The situation in the Congo, I would say between 1998 and 2003, you know, there was a war there um, that many people are not aware of, and that war killed over 5 million people. That mm. it forced millions of people to go live in the rainforest and to survive off bushmeat alone. And that virtually eliminated, uh, it even emptied entire sections of the forest and, and led a lot of people to hunt bonobos who otherwise might not have hunted bonobos, mm -hmm. or at least not have hunted them so intensively. And so their numbers were reduced, and the, the intense hunting does continue uh, you know, as, as a, a byproduct of, of the poverty and a number of other factors. And there's and been a number of great well. books on that subject, like Eating Apes by Dale Peterson yeah, uh, and yeah. uh, uh, Anon, what's his name? Uh, I keep thinking Carl Kofi. Amman. Carl Amon, that's right. Kofi was the Uni United Nations guy. Uh, yeah, and, uh, and yet... Uh, yeah, they're kind of negative books about how, oh my God, what, what are we going to do? All these uh, bonobos are getting killed and people are eating them and it's, uh, there's all these wars and, and of course the logging industry and the diamonds and the coltan and it's, uh, it's overwhelming to a lot of people. But then there's Sally and, uh, and the Bonobo Conservation Initiative there are other efforts as well out there in the Congo, like um, Claudine Andre and Lola Ya Bonobo, uh, although she's mainly focusing on saving uh, bonobo orphans, but every action helps. But Sally is, is really focusing on, this, uh, on, on the bonobos in the wild and protecting them. And, uh, and, and your book is, is all about the complexities of that. And, uh, and it's just such a huge subject. Um, it, it is. It's, it's, a, it's a very, it's a, there's a lot, so, much, so many different things people have to learn, so many different aspects of the, the Congolese culture and of how conservation can work before anybody can really hope to go in and create a system that might save the bonobos. And so the book is about, the book really looks at how outsiders, if they go into to another culture, what they have to learn. And 
in a sense, BCI, you know, the Bonobo Conservation Initiative's principle of, of using bonobos as an example does carry through in the sense that they share resources with local communities, they build coalitions, everything is built with coalitions. They try to understand the goals and the hopes and the values of local communities in the rainforest before they figure out their own goals. And, um, and, and, and basically, they're always trying to adjust their system in order to respond to the local people's needs, respect their values, respect their, their humanity, never to humiliate people. And you know, so it's just this incredible sense of empathy towards the people that, that, that carries through in all of their work and does allow their conservation program pro, the approach their approach to conservation to work so well. And they're creating this uh, this thing um, called the Bonobo Peace Forest. Yes. A and it's not exactly it's not a park. It's a it's a, it's conservation, a conservation network of linked community based reserves. So uh, to, to make a distinction here, a park um, and with parks conservationists basically kick the people off the land. The government establishes the park, park armed rangers remove the people from the land, and they try to keep it in a natural state. In the Congo, what has worked better, because parks have worked better well in some areas of the world, in the Congo, what has worked better is community-based reserves, where people live on the reserve, and they become the stewards of the land. They're trained to become the stewards of the land and to protect the endangered species, to protect the forests, and BCI's goal is to make the Bonobo Peace Forest, which is the constellation of community-based protected areas, official and unofficial, that will allow a corridor for the bonobos. So what's very important, you know, if you build just one, if you say create just one reserve, um, you lose genetic diversity. And young bonobo females, when they, when they, when they uh, uh, reach puberty, they leave their group and they have to travel through the forest and find a new group. And if you don't have corridors that are safe where there's no hunting, those young females have a much harder time reaching new groups. And so it's, it's very much um, their, their vision is to create an arc across the, the bonobo habitat in the Congo that the young females can travel through in order to exchange, basically to keep the, 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 the genetic um, makeup of the bonobo groups as diverse as possible so that they can survive whatever they might encounter. Which means, yeah, when the females are moving around, and since bonobos tend to have sex a lot with all the different members, they don't wind up having sex so much with their daddies. So. Right. Well, there's, there's an incest taboo among bonobos, so they won't reproduce with family members. Um, you know, there's a, that, that, that distinction between what is, is, is reproductive sex and what is, is maybe... Well, it's probably uh, easier because the females leave, so they're, they're not living with their daddies. Right, absolutely, it's much easier. Or the brothers, for that matter. So that way, you know, the the lines can uh, cannot, you know, be like the royal families of Europe. So uh, anyway, uh, yeah, the, these these amazing constellations of of, uh, of of groups. I think a lot of people think of the forest as just being a bunch of trees and wildlife, but people live in the rainforest in the Congo as they do in the Amazon rainforest as well. And, uh, you know, when you involve the people in, uh, in their own conservation, then, uh, then it's much more effective. Absolutely. And, and the, the, the basic principle in the book is that BCI has found a way to make conservation go viral. And to make something go viral, you have to, the people have to love it. They have to 
see that it has a value for them. I was speaking to a high school class, and I asked the high school class what makes something go viral, and they said it has to be cool. And that applies. There's a cool factor to conservation for the Congolese. BCI has found ways to make it to, to, to elevate the role of conservationists, local conservationists, and conservation practices so that people feel it's coming from them, it benefits them, and they, they feel a profound sense of ownership for it. So neighboring com communities who neighbor reserves begin creating their own protected areas with volunteers simply because they're so inspired to, to do so because they see the benefits and how much it helps the communities grow, how much it enriches the communities. Well, conservation is cool, but uh, bonobos are super cool. I mean, bonobos are like rock stars. In fact, you know, Kanzi, the bonobo, in, uh, in Dr. Sue Savage Rumbaugh's center, he's played with Paul McCartney and uh, Peter Gabriel. I mean, have bonobos played with any rock stars in the Congo? No, they have not. The, you know, Kanzi was raised with humans, and Kanzi learned English simply by being around humans and is able to communicate extremely well with us. Whereas bonobos in the in the rainforest in the Congo, they are they have their own their Rhythm. culture is not meshed with our culture in the way that that of Kanji and the others living with Dr. Sweet Savage Ramba have. Um, so though I'm sure they make their own kind of music. That's possible. They certainly they certainly make a lot of noise when they're in the rainforest. Yeah. yeah. But we humans haven't figured out a way to interpret that yet. But you did meet Kanzi. You were yes. at uh, Dr. Sue Savage Rumbaugh's center. Um, uh, Bonobo Hope is the name of it now? Or? Yeah, that's yeah. what it's called now. Yeah. They changed the I, name, I know. Five-Minute Learning Sanctuary. And uh, you have a fascinating quote from her in your book uh, because, of course, she has really explored how much communication can be done with bonobos and humans. Um, and... Uh, you say that um, she she says humans are are naked apes, but uh, we can learn something from bonobos, and uh, we have a capacity to be godlike apes. What do you think that means? I mean, what you know, recently Sue Savage, I guess it was in 2011, Sue Savage Romo was chosen as one of Time Magazine's 100 Most Influential People. And I'm going to bring this back to your question. One of the reasons for that is that her work really showed the degree to which great apes can adapt, the rapidity at which we can adapt. You can take a bonobo from the rainforest and introduce it to human culture, and within a generation it can be speaking to you using symbols, requesting the kinds of food or the kinds of games it wants to play or what it wants, what it wants, what it wants to watch on TV. And what you know, Sue, what, what, what Sue, what Sue Savage-Rumba is saying ultimately is that our, our potential, the human potential to grow and adapt is phenomenal, and yet we're caught in very old ways of thinking. We're caught in old patterns, old ways of thinking about resources. We still have a scarcity culture at a time when we're living in a culture with incredible wealth, the greatest wealth the world has ever known in its history, most likely. And yet we still have these old mentalities that are deeply rooted. And what she was saying in that discussion was the degree to which humans can change if we simply change our culture. You know, one example would be if we were to look at what makes a human now and define human by its behavior. Mm. Uh, say we invited somebody from another planet, to, you know, scientists from another planet to come define humans, an extraterrestrial, and say, what's a human? And they were to define it now. They would say, what, fights over resources, um, 
incredible wars where there's resources, incredible peace where there's a wealth of resources and there's not a lot of need for struggle. But then if you were to pass a law and say every child on earth gets the same access to food, health care, environmental safety, shelter, education, and you were to do three generations of that, and you were to invite your extraterrestrial scientists back and say, what's a human now? Would we look like the same creature? Because we define creatures by their behavior. We would look like a dramatically different creature. We would select our mates differently. We would make our choices differently. And what Sue Sabatrumbaugh is saying is ultimately that by changing the culture, we can dramatically change how we evolve and what we become as a species. Well, certainly a lot of things bonobos do, their, their empathy, their sexuality, their high level of communication, the, the way that they are reciprocal, uh, the way that, that they give to each other, uh, it's, it's our definition of humanity. It's being humane, except they're not even human. So I think they are, uh, as you say, forcing a redefinition of, of humanity. Uh, and another thing that, uh, that Sue brings up is their connectedness. I mean, we are always searching for connectedness, we humans. It's one of the reasons we have sex, to feel connected to each other, to feel connected to our lover, to feel connected to the universe. Uh, it's one of the reasons people take drugs. It's one of the reasons people just reach out. And, and yet we struggle. We, we, we need therapy. We have all kinds of difficulties with feeling connected. Uh, bonobos, they seem to, to show a way to feel that connectedness that maybe would help us to prevent uh, any child in our society from going hungry. Absolutely. They, they do have a sense of con being connected. And what's important to recognize with bonobos as well is that they live in social groups of, say, 150 individuals. And through the course of their life, they, they know every single person in that, every single individual in that social group. And so they can have that depth of connection. And the humans were often alienated, we're often isolated. We, we live in this ocean of other humans. Mm. And we don't have that cocoon of a social group of, of you know, 150 individuals, you will know them all. And, and there's incredible intimacy there. So human promiscuity is far more of a risk than it is for bonobos, because we're constantly faced with new individuals of which we have no knowledge. Well, now it is. But as Dr. Christopher Ryan said in Sex at Dawn, uh, probably when uh, humans were evolving, we, we did live in those small groups. Absolutely. And we probably were promiscuous, the meaning of which is just mixing sexually, yeah. not necessarily randomly, but, you yeah. know, you might need to have a lot of feelings for someone, but, you know, you don't just pair bond and separate and compete like we do now. Civilization yeah. might be bringing that stuff about, and bonobos, in a way, bring us back in certain ways to maybe what we were and what our bodies are still kind of geared up to be because this civilization thing has happened so rapidly. Absolutely, yes. I think that there's a constant conflict for humans to understand, in a sense, how to create coalitions, which often end up being pair bonding, in our society in order to survive in the, sort of the chaos of our society, and which is you know, a very ruthless chaos because there is a, there's, among individuals, we're, we are increasingly, as a society, I think, having a greater sense of coalitions and of common purpose than, say, we had 100 years ago or 200 years ago. But we certainly struggle to find 
social groups with which we can have that deep connection. Um, and bonobos do provide an example of most likely the ways we may have evolved um, communally and sexually. So you, at one point you, you're talking about the different uh, great apes and you say that uh, writers kind of have sex lives like orangutans. Can you explain that a little bit? Uh, yeah, that's a joke. Uh, <laughs> you know, basically orangutans live very individual, they're very solitary lives. They're, they're habitat and, you know, they basically doesn't, they've evolved so they spend most of the time alone and they meet up to reproduce. Right. And they go their own ways. And, um, I was referring to the degree to which writers not spend so a connected great deal of time alone. But and tell me, how how do you feel? How do you feel that bonobos have influenced you, as a person, as a writer, as a lover, anything? I would say that bonobos has certainly made me rethink the the the, 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 the most significant thing about bonobos is the degree to which they made me rethink how quickly we can change the species and how much control we have over that. Um, bonobos have, in the process of domesticating themselves, in the process of creating coalitions to prevent violence, have ultimately changed what, what they are as a species. And recent studies show that that's happened much more recently than we thought. We thought it started two and a half million years ago. Now we know it started less than a million years ago. And I think that that idea that we have, that we're constantly shaping what we are as a species for future generations is profound. And I, that idea in itself um, I found very inspiring. I also think the simple idea of creating coalitions and sharing resources and the degree to which sharing resources um, prevents violence, these are, the, you know, these are profound ideas. They're obvious in many ways, but they're not ideas that we act upon. And I think you know, what you said about being connected, what you said about recognizing um, other, you know, other people's humanity and creating a connection to that, which allows us to work better in every, every area of it in our lives. These are all very important concepts. Okay. Uh, well, it's, uh, it's great to have your book among the few bonobo books that are out there. Uh, I guess maybe the first one could be Almost Human, even though Yerkes, when he wrote it, he didn't realize Prince Chim was a bonobo. He wrote about uh, him, about Prince Chim and his sort of wonderful disposition and intelligence so eloquently. Um, and then Takayoshi Kano wrote the first book all about bonobos, I guess, Last Ape. Uh, yeah. Helen Fisher mentions bonobos, kind of gets into it. That's where I first was reading about bonobos after seeing them on PBS in like 1993 with Anatomy of Love. Um, and then, of course, Franz de Waal has written this whole series of books about bonobos and other apes, um, really kind of bringing out their humanity, um, philosophy, forgotten ape, um, bonobo and the atheist, the most recent one, mentions me, and the bonobo way, actually. In referencing this, this uh, article by Ian Parker that you also mentioned, um, in, uh, in your book, Empty Hands, Open Arms, because uh, he kind of almost tries to, th to rain on the bonobo parade and say, well, they're not really that sexual. Well, they're maybe not so uh, nonviolent. Uh, by the way, nobody ever said bonobos are completely nonviolent. They do fight. 
and punch each other and bite and hurt sometimes, although they don't do it as much as common chimps, and they have so far always stopped short of killing each other. Uh, and his article didn't really prove otherwise. Um, Bonobo Handshake, Vanessa Wood, uh, very personal trip into the Congo. Uh, and your book, which is really focused on conservation, but, you know, for a lot of people, the, the, you know, they're, they're all for conservation, but it just seems so boring, right? Uh, but this book, Empty Hands, Open Arms, is just full of amazing stories. The stories make it come to life, and the stories really are the story of our Earth and and how we could be bringing it to an end, the earth as we know it. Uh, not the whole earth, the earth will probably survive us, but more just um, our era, humanity's era on earth. And, uh, and it's very tied in with the rainforests, it's very tied in with the bonobos. So uh, I really appreciate this book. Uh, I, I appreciate you, you kind of joining in uh, the bonobo Parade. Well, thank you. I, I appreciate that. Yes, my goal with the book is to really try to humanize the stories of people who are struggling to protect the bonobos and the way that the bonobos have transformed their lives, learning about them, and the way that humans are inspired to make efforts to to save this creature that is, you know, visibly different from us, that is so close to us emotionally, and and you know, in, in so many profound ways that, that define what we recognize as human and as our highest qualities. So my goal was really to tell the stories of these people, to tell the stories of the bonobos, you know, through evolution, through history, and to show that we're at a crucial point right now where our decisions in the next few years are going to determine whether this species survives, whether the rainforest survives, and whether we survive. So what is the best thing for people to do? We should give, of course, donate to BCI. That's uh, at bonobo.org. Um, we can also adopt a bonobo through BCI, uh, as well as through uh, Lola Ya Bonobo, which is Claudine Andre's place. Um, what else can people do? I think that certainly supporting the organizations, educating people about them, Telling people to, you know, to read the books that are out there, to look at the websites. I think that we're at a point where what we most need is to shift our obsessions. And, and we're a very privileged country, and this, our struggles are, you know, they, they're relevant, they're important, but they're not necessarily, necessarily life and death struggles that people live elsewhere in the world. And we often get caught up in our needs here. And I think that maybe people can step outside of themselves a little bit and learn about what's happening in the Congo, learn about what's happening to the bonobos, educate other people, make an effort to contact organizations to give, even if it's just $20, give a little bit to those organizations, and then to live their lives differently as a result, whether that is being more politically active, environmentally active, making decisions, if everyone makes small decisions that take pressure off the environment that, you know, we all know what those are now. Those are, we've all become edu increasingly educated, and with the Internet we have access to that. But I just think it's being more engaged citizens and caring. We talk a lot about caring, but very few people actually take action 
about caring about anything that is beyond their immediate, their, you know, their, their immediate reality. We care about our pleasure. We care about our satisfaction, our appetite, but we rarely care about creatures that we can't see or people that we can't meet, that we've never met. And that's the next step. It's having a larger sense of empathy, a larger sense of consciousness, and including those people and those bonobos in that so that our actions will also protect them. Well, we do care about pleasure here on the Dr. Susan Block Show a lot, but uh, the bonobos are our mascot. They're our inspiration. And, uh, you know, even if you're a hedonist like us, we're ethical hedonists, um, you know, adopt the bonobos as your mascot and know that you need to support them. You need to, you need to support them so they can, you know, continue and, uh, and so that this whole world we've got can continue. Um, <clears throat> so, uh, yeah, uh, uh, bonobos inspire some humans, us humans, to live lives of peace through pleasure. That's why I'm writing a book, The Bonobo Way, uh, about uh, how the bonobos can inspire us to live lives of peace through pleasure. Uh, and, of course, the power to give pleasure is the greatest power we have. And the bonobos yeah. teach us that. And, uh, uh, and the experiment, uh, Bonoboville. Yes, is, well, uh, that is our experiment, is, to, is, is a community that we have here in, uh, in Los Angeles. And I believe there are many communities like us, in a way, that uh, are trying to live and work and play together, inspired by bonobos. And some identify with bonobos in a very overt way, and I think some just need to discover the bonobos. And gosh, uh, we need to help save them too. So uh, this this book really helps us with that. Um, one more, well, uh, maybe a couple more questions, and then I'm going to let you go, Denis. Uh, I, uh, you know, you went to the Congo, and it's really kind of difficult to go there, isn't it? It is. I guess I, you know, I've traveled in oh, at least 60 countries and, and a lot of areas that, have, that are war zones, so I think it depends on um, what, what person's accustomed to. Yeah, the Congo is more challenging than most countries and certainly more expensive to get to because there's so little infrastructure and it requires connections to get around a little. You know, once, you, once you know people and you know how things work, it's not that hard. But I find the Congolese are like people everywhere in the world um, they are very open to friendship, to communication, and the, you know they really suffer as a result of all the negative media they get because of certain areas that are at war. But I found the people to be incredibly welcoming, incredibly helpful, and communicative, and I, I never had any problems there. Well, and one other thing you bring up in your book is a lot of the problems that this area has. Um, a lot of people around the world kind of blame them for these problems. They say, oh, there's so many wars over there. Well, we really devastated this country, and I say we, meaning white people, Europeans, uh, Americans, uh, devastated this country through the slave trade, through uh, just all kinds of um, corporate raping of the, the rainforest and, uh, and, and supporting these wars that are going on there, supporting both sides sometimes. Uh, and, uh, and so, really, um, it's not just that these people are warlike. They're not. They're just, they're, their country has been devastated. It's, it is an incredibly rich country, which sounds really great, except when you're really rich or really pretty, then people want to exploit you. Absolutely. I mean, 
the Congo is one of the most mineral-rich countries in the world per square mile, certainly. It has every, you know, many of the major minerals, um, and it has, it has incredible resources. And from the Belgian colonization at the turn of the century up through the Cold War, foreign powers were, were involved with controlling those resources. The United States during the Cold War did not want it to have to fall into the hands of the Soviets because of, of its stores of industrial-grade diamonds that were necessary for making military machines, for, for cutting the parts for engines, for coltan and cobalt, and every uh, sorry, uh, copper and cobalt, all the things that were used for jet engines. So we, we played a, a, a very important role in essentially, or a very negative role, in supporting Mobutu, who was a dictator that ruled the country for 30 years and essentially uh, robbed it, impoverished it. And then after that war, when Colton, which is used in handheld electronics, cell phones, iPhones, uh, video game consoles, computers, when, it, when the global demand for that boomed, that drove the civil war that killed over 5 million people. The entire villages were enslaved by militias were forced to dig up coltan, was sold it across the border to Rwanda and Uganda, who sold it to the United States and China. And most of it, even if it went to China, ended up in American or Western hands because we were the big market for it at the time. So our appetites have essentially funded the massacre of the Congolese people over decades and have funded the massacre of the bonobos, the destruction of the rainforest. It, it really, we bear the burden of that. There's no question about it. So we've got to make up for it. That's all there is to it. We've got Absolutely. to. And, uh, and mostly by donating and maybe by volunteering. Uh, all and educating other people, telling them to read the book. Yeah, absolutely. Every, if everybody who has social media, if they have Twitter, Facebook, whatever it is, posting links to the, to the book, to bonobo.org, getting people talking about it, telling other people to get involved, to give money, Every single person is capable of raising funds for an organization, and one person can reach out to a thousand people and raise funds for BCI, or get everybody reading about what's happening with BCI. So it's, it's yes. that's where people's power lies. It's in communication. People often think that they don't have the means to make change, but our ability to reach out to our communities and educate people who would never know about this and draw in everybody's energy towards a common goal is phenomenal. So if each person sees that then we can make change. But if each person hears this and says, oh, we actually can't do much, I don't have that much money, I can only give $20 at the end of it, then there will be no change. But if we do harness everybody we know, all, all their enthusiasm, change is actually quite possible. Absolutely. And that's what we're doing. I mean, that's what this show is about. And, of course, we've been tweeting and Facebooking up a storm. And, uh, and yeah, just like your book says, it's a race. It's a race to save the bonobos. So cannot waste another moment there was just a report about how endangered they are uh out and uh and so get in that race and we gotta win we gotta save the bonobos from extinction thank you so much denis bichard author of empty hands open arms the race to save bonobos in the congo and make conservation go viral i so appreciate your joining us here on the dr susan block show keep up the great work Thank you. I really appreciate it. All right. Talk to you soon. Okay. okay. Right. So we are uh, going to go to a little commercial here, I think, and yeah. uh, come yeah. back with some other stuff, right? That's yeah? correct. Yeah? yeah, that was pretty uh, in, in, enthralling. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, support BCI. Go to bonobo.org and, uh, and support us. 
If you're just listening, now's the time to watch. Join yeah. at drsusie.tv, right? And don't come yet and don't go away. We'll be right back. Are you a victim of religious sexual abuse? Has your sex life been hurt, warped, or excessively repressed by a strict religious anti-sex upbringing? Are you concerned that an unhealthy fundamentalist or orthodox environment is distorting or destroying your sexuality, your marriage, or your life in general? The Dr. Susan Block Institute specializes in treating victims of religious sexual abuse. For information about our telephone sex therapy services, call one 866 207-7521 or 213-291-9497 That's 1-866-207-7521 or 213-291-9497 You won't go to hell for it but you just might feel a lot better. Okay. You're listening to Radio Susie One on the World Wide Web. And now, here she is, Dr. Susan Block. Now we're back. Yes, we are. We are back, and we are broadcasting live from Bonoboville at LAX. And uh, we've just taken a crash course in bonobo conservation. I guess so. Pretty, yeah. pretty enthralling stuff with uh, award-winning author Denis Bouchard. And uh, the book is Empty Hands, Open Arms, which is all about uh, how to save bonobos and how they are saving bonobos, especially the work of Sally Cox and, uh, and a bunch of other people involved in the Bonobo Conservation Initiative. So, uh, so now we're back in studio, and uh, and I've got a couple of guests. I got a guest. Um, Candy is, yeah, uh, is going to be joining us. I'm going to give her uh, this mic. I'm going to. Okay, is she coming in? I'm going to get the hand-held microphone, and uh, you can have both uh, Trixie and uh, Candy in here. Okay, and uh, and we're we're going to have Asher. Because Asher. we're going to do something special. Oh, oh yeah. We're going to okay. do a, a topless menorah <laughs> lighting. Have you heard about that? Test it's one, time two, to watch. Three, four, okay. Um, DrSusie.tv, go four. to the join section and I'm click join. And by the way, a portion of all of our proceeds goes to help save the bonobos too. Um, although we also try to save the human bonobos, you know. Uh, <clears throat> so, uh, okay, gosh, I've got a whole audience full of people. I mean, Hello. group full of people. Here we go. Okay, so now uh, we're going to do a topless candle lighting ceremony. If you're listening live, if you're watching live, it is Thanksgiving weekend, right? Thanksgiving, test, 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 stuff test. yourself on turkey, test, try test, not test, to remember test, that uh, 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 this uh, 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 was a holocaust, you know, test, that we... Test, um, test. We, test, meaning test, Europeans, test. committed against um, Native test, Americans. Test, test. Uh, and on top of that, we have Hanukkah this test, week, test. which is also about, um, you know, kind of a military operation. So uh, it's, it's sort of a little weird to go from bonobos to, um, to celebrating a, a war victory. Um, but, hey, a lot of holidays are all about that, you know, and uh, Hanukkah's no exception. So, okay, um, so we got, 
uh, this menorah. First of all, uh, Asher, you're going to come over here, right? Right? Test. Okay, and you uh, here. Test, you can talk on this microphone right now. Hello. And so, uh, so let's let's introduce everybody. Say hi, uh, Trixie and Candy. Asher. And Hello. Candy. 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 Candy, you were on Tr- the phone last week, right? Yes. And yes, so we're yes. so happy to have you in studio. Thank you. Okay, so uh, we're gonna we're gonna start lighting the candles just so that we have a little mood. I like mood lighting. Mood lighting, right? Mood is always good. Yeah, mood is good. You have to talk right into your microphones, ladies. Just like so this. Just like we can hear. This. So uh, as as we said, we're gonna do a topless candle lighting now. Topless. 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 Right. Doctor well. Susie, you're gonna get my ha-has out here on on camera. Uh, I'd like to. Um, I mean, I, you know, it's not, nothing's required. I actually asked Asher beforehand and, yeah. and she, and she was practicing lighting the candles and actually lit her tit on fire. So I know. she lit hence, her tit on fire. This, okay. So we have a little scourge, but you know, for fire, fire, that's uh, right. common. Right. Okay. So, uh, so yeah, we're going to have some topless candle lighting. And if you'd like to join in, you are... Welcome, or you can just leave it all to Asher. Because Asher's tits are so fantastic. Mine would look such like a second Now, fiddle. I can't <laughs> really hear your microphone. Uh, what, she's, get in. she's lighting menorah She's candles. lighting the menorah. We're going to set her tits she's on She's going to be right here, and we should move I've this over here, or, or maybe... Uh, here, move, move oh, your, you, yourself a little over oh, here. Gladly scoot over closer. That'd be yeah. lovely, and then yeah, I could have go. a knee or a okay. lap. There you go. Thank you. Wait, oh, okay. Except you're gonna, you're gonna be right here. Mm-hmm. Let's scoot all over. Okay. <laughs> and uh, okay, so. Seatbelt. Like I said, it's uh, it's Hanukkah. Wait, wait a second. Hey. One of the candles <laughs> fell out. Okay. We have uh, a candle and we have no yeah. audio. No, we need... Uh, okay, what night is it tonight? No, actually, two candles fell out. Okay, there's candles right over there on the table. Oh, do you want to go grab them? Mm-hmm. Get the grab them. You're supposed to be doing this. She's okay. Get candles. Oh, yeah. It, that she doesn't know where they are. They're right... You see the candles? Yeah. Okay. So, let's see. It yeah, started on PA. Wednesday, like Thursday, no Friday, no Saturday. Okay. No audio. Here we go. Um, and... Uh, and we are lighting the candles. And, of course, candles are very romantic, aren't they? Mood lighting. Okay. So how is this? Uh, so come around here. Yep. Okay. And, uh, and I think you should stand in back of her. Stand, stand. Stand. Yeah, don't, don't be lazy. Right. So, and you should come around and stand in back, too. Come on, Candy. Okay, come on. It's a, it's a whole party here. Okay. You don't have to be on your knees like this. <laughs> you, can, you can get on your knees, baby. Because you're so short, you could stand down. anyway. Like, okay, where here. Should I go? Okay, you can <laughs> sit on my lap. Right, okay, go. here we go. Okay, so <laughs> now we are going to do the Hanukkah candle lighting. And I know you, you knew the prayer before, um, but you know what? We can't have this too close to the candle. There we go. But I'd like you to sing it with me. I, of, course. of course I will. Of course. I wouldn't leave you hanging. Uh, so here, here you want to do the lighting? Of course. Okay, but you're supposed to take your top off first. Oh yeah, topless. Oh, topless. I oh, have my I know. Braless, she forgot. Topless, here. shirtless. <laughs> Ta-da! If I can now, get it off my. Don't set your nipples on fire. <laughs> Please don't. No, okay. No. Okay, here we go. So yeah. you're gonna light the shamas first. That's this one. Baruch atah Adonai Eloheinu Melech Olam Asher Kitchanu B'Mitzvotav. Vitzivanu lehadlik ner 
Shell. Thanksgiving weekend. Baruch Atah Adonai, Eloheinu Melech Olam, Shehechianu, V'kiyamanu, V'higianu, Lazman Hazeh, Amen, A-Women. Okay, everybody look up at the camera while the candles are lit. Perfect. Oh, we're such a holiday family here in Bonoboville, but we are, whoops, we are perverts. Uh, I think that might have been a little sacrilegious that that happened, but okay. We have to bless that one again later. Okay, bless you, My money's on the yellow. Mm -hmm, Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay, oops, you know what? I might have to do a little cheating. This is not anything to do with extramarital sex. Nothing, nothing at all. Okay, there we go. So, uh, so now we could just put this uh, here, yeah. Okay. I mean, you could continue to sit on my lap. You're so well, little. We're so little. We can sit in the same chair. Okay, but now you guys better get on a microphone. Okay. So. Okay. So, uh, so are we in the same shot? You want to be in the same shot? Can Can anybody pull that back, or is that? Yeah, yeah. You pull that. Okay. Somebody okay, just tweeted but me. You, you can't see what's going on, so somebody should uh, direct here. <clears throat> so let's talk to Candy while they're directing. Try to get uh, Asher and I in the same shot, and then the other. Are we on? Hey, yeah, but look, you, you don't have her tits, I notice. Because mm, she's a little. little. Mm-hmm, I need, like, books for tits, <laughs> right? We're going to just have a stack of books ready for you at all times. Exactly. Okay. A booster seat. So, Better. Candy. Yes. Welcome to Bonoboville. This is a beautiful view. I love this. Is this how this mic works? Yeah. No. <laughs> there you go. You got the swing wow. of it. <laughs> Don't slobber on it because it could short circuit. Right. But I yes, you should get like close enough like you're giving it head. It's true. Just tap the tip. Okay. Just the tip, baby. Okay. So, uh, yeah. So, uh, how do you like it? I love it. I love this place. This is so awesome. Now, those of you who remember last week mm-hmm. will remember that Candy was on the show uh, from wherever you live. Yeah. And uh, Candy is one of our telephone sex therapists. Yes. And you are also a... You're not doing webcam yet. Not yet. But you should. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You should do a little webcam. Show off that hot body. Right? Yeah. You could start right now. <laughs> she is so sexy. Yeah, I she know you is. missed the topless menorah. Yeah, take, take off at least the, the jacket. Because, <laughs> you know, it's getting a little warm with the candles yeah. and everything. Okay. She's got nice cleavage. I don't understand why she's been so shy. I know, right? Right, I'm right. Uh, you know... You look very, you know, kind of school marmy there. Uh-oh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But you're a former stripper, right? Yes, I am. Yeah. Her ass yeah. is out yeah. for, yeah. yeah, on her side. The butt. <laughs> your ass is out. But you're black, so that kind of doesn't okay. count. Well, you could turn around so I could see your ass. Now, can people hear, uh, I think my headphones, you need to turn up. Uh, or my mic, uh, probably. Maybe your mic, yeah, yeah. Yeah. You know, I have Trixie. Talk- yeah. Yeah. Hello. Trixie is a little low. Okay. So, I like to be up high. There you go. With a little yeah. echo. Ooh. All right. So now you were speaking of uh, of Candy's. Oh, Candy's ass. ass. And Does how that it make is her out. a candy ass? <laughs> yes. She's totally a candy's ass. 
Candy's ass, give me some more. Uh-huh. <laughs> now she's now wonderfully you're making her bubbly. blush. <laughs> yeah, you have I a have that effect on bu- the bubblicious list. butt. Well, you know, after all that talk, we have to see it. I'm sorry. Wait, I know, right? Yeah. Can you just Can turn we? around? That is oh. such a must. Oh, wow. Look at that. She Whoa. Like, okay. She has booty. Out. She like has beyond beauty. That's belief. true. And you know what this holiday also is? Okay. Some people call it Thanksgiving. And this particular year, it is the odd holiday of Thanksgiving, mm. once in a lifetime. But, yeah. Uh... Happy Hanukkah, Chag Sameach. But it's also another holiday. Thanksgiving is where you give thanks for all you have. And Spanksgiving. <laughs> love Spanksgiving. Spanksgiving is where you give spanks to butts like that. Oh, That's a definite must. Okay. Right. Can, I, okay. can I get my paddle and we can have some yeah, nice yeah, Thanksgiving? Yeah, yeah, go ahead and get your paddle because mine are all packed away. I swear, I don't know where they are. Well, thanks to Jux Lee. I always have one handy. Oh, Jux Lee and Jux Leather. Would you please uh, tweet that? Jux Leather, thank you for providing a paddle, which Trixie is just about to go out and get. <laughs> so, yeah. You've never celebrated Thanksgiving? Never. No. no first okay. time. Yeah. it's. Uh, I'm excited. It's an offshoot, you know. Um, I mean, it's a little tough to celebrate if you're really celebrating Thanksgiving and eating a lot of turkey um, or else, you know could be a bit of a mess (laughs) but by saturday night you should be you know ready Ready to go ready Ready to go go, right next adventure Uh uh uh-huh ready to go did you do you do you like to celebrate thanksgiving did you have a good one we do um we had a great thanksgiving and uh it was awesome and i'm thankful to be here today with you guys and what you talked about conservation and I just, everything was right. You guys are totally right. Um, so now, did you know about bonobos before? Um, I knew about um, the, the chimpanzees. I knew about the Congo, but I didn't know about the exact bonobo. There you go. Um, I, I told you to find out a little bit about them when we talked last week. Right, and I'm, I'm totally amazed. Um, I was trying to do the monkey noises. I was trying to convince somebody to do some monkey noises this morning, but monkey they were noises. they weren't uh, they weren't having it. <laughs> well, you know, here's the thing. First of all, monkeys are not bonobos. Or bonobos aren't monkeys. They're apes. Right. They're right. they're great apes. They don't have tails. Monkeys have tails. But you know, monkeys are very cool. Monkeys are primates, and mm. we we love monkeys. Of course, you're you're kind of a bit of a monkey. I am a monkey. Yeah. I can hang from anything. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> right. I, I, and I tails. I mean, we we might not have those long things, but you got a tail, honey. Yeah, she's got, got nice she got the tail like a hang. You know, right, we can hang right. tail. But uh, but yeah, bonobos are. Amazing. They're the make love not war chimpanzees and uh and they're very sexual mm-hmm. and they never kill each other and we you know, now you're ready to get behind the whole conservation effort. Totally, totally. And I, I just I loved what you guys talked about and if if we evolve in the way that you guys are talking about, it'll be a better earth. If we evolve as humans Caring, donating, um, conserving, if we do all that, the Congo, think of Africa, Mother Africa. Mother Africa, that's right. Mother Africa is mother to us all. That's right, that's right. And, uh, and, and. Oh, I just got chills. Yeah, well, that's because you're. 
topless. Well, no, no. <laughs> I swear, I swear it's not because of the temperature in the room. Okay, okay. <laughs> no, I, I, yeah. No, it's, it's, it is it's kind of an inspiring thing because, because, you know, bonobos are so close to us and they're in the rainforest of the Congo and they're just on the cusp of, of possible extinction. But we could save them. And the thing is, they're not dying of some sort of virus. They're not dying of, of some sort of uh, natural cause. They're dying because people are shooting them. And why are these people shooting them? Because they're hungry. And because, you know, sometimes they're shooting them for their family, but mostly they're shooting them because somebody's paying them a lot of money so that they can be on the menu in uh, the bonobo restaurant, restaurant, you know, on the the, the secret menu because it's illegal, but they have secret menus of of bushmeat. And, uh, and, you know, but it is all a question of money and we have to throw some money at the situation and help people to earn living so they don't have to be going into the jungle to to shoot bonobos just so that they can make some money to then feed their family. Uh, and educate people, as Denis was saying. So that's what we're doing. And, uh, and it is a race. There's not a lot of time. But we can take breaks from the race for things like Spanksgiving. <laughs> Spanksgiving works. You know, it's, it is a break. It's a holiday, right? right? We love the holidays. We love the holidays. So many of these holidays are about just screwed up things like wars and like, you know, Holocaust against the Native Americans. It's really sad, but we love holidays, so what do we do? We have to redefine the holidays. Right, you know? redefining words, redefining holidays. Let's redefine life. Yeah, well, and <laughs> so, you know, Spanksgiving. That's right. right. Okay. That's right. Okay, all right, Spanksgiving. Now, how do you feel about spanking in general? Um, I, I enjoy it a little bit. Um, a since little I got bit. such a soft bottom. Not too hard, but uh, not too light. But, a uh, soft bottom. <laughs> the bottom is rather soft. Yeah, you've been it. feeling it. You haven't spanked it yet. It doesn't look I did, soft I got to me. I'm sorry. Well, a couple tap. Really Wait, sorry. I, her mic is now down again, and uh, something's <laughs> up there. You might have to, to share her mic. That's okay. Uh, I don't mind sharing. I yeah. like to share. Oh, there you go. <laughs> oh. So you got a couple of taps in, but okay. nothing too uh, nothing too heavy. Crazy. Okay. So we're gonna get crazy. No. Oh my gosh! Look at this. This is uh, oh. a Jux leather um, it, belt. That's some heat right there. <laughs> right. It looks worse than what it is. <laughs> I swear. <laughs> oh, I think we should... Uh, <laughs> yeah. That's right. Well, it's, uh, it's, it's very authentic looking. I'm not My sure. It gosh. looks like the original pilgrims must have used right, that. Yeah, you know. totally. Uh, <laughs> The first PDMSD. To, to beat up sinners, right? <laughs> right. And yeah. The pilgrims were all about that. They, they loved sex, actually, the pilgrims. It's just that they like to beat people up for it, you know, and tar and feather them and things like that. You know, it's kind of screwed up because it, it was non-consensual. That was the problem is, uh, you know, I mean, if they only said, would you like to get a spanking? I bet a lot of people would have. Right. Yes, but, spanks, please. You know, or, or even tar and feathering. I actually have a client, a sex therapy client, whose fetish is tar and feathering. Really? Uh, nice. Yeah. He can't use the tar, though, because that would probably kill him right. or it would, you know. But hot wax works. It's toxic. Very toxic. So he uses molasses. Wax. Ooh, that is a sting. 
Yeah, it's and, and feathers though. He uses the feathers. Hot moss. The removal work. Um, I don't know. He kind of gets it to this certain consistency. Anyway, I don't want to get too deeply into him, except to let you all know that whatever your fetish is, don't think it's too weird. Just think <laughs> of our guy into the molasses and feathers, and and you'll it's feel awesome. better, right? And that's one thing that bonobos do. They're into such crazy things in a way. I mean, I saw bonobos in the zoo, and it's true, in the zoo they do more crazy things, masturbating with a rubber ball. So they, they kind of help that you to feel better about yourself and your perversion. Or normal. Yeah, 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 yeah. I also saw a male bonobo looking for his pee spot, seriously. Uh, wow. Fingering up there. Yeah, male. And female, but, you know, the male was interesting. Yeah, they're, they're very uh, advanced sexually. Very, very advanced. You need to get on the bonobo level. Well, that's what should. the bonobo way is all about, is getting on the bonobo way level. Not in every way. For instance, they eat while they're having sex. I wouldn't mind doing that. Really? <laughs> Snacks help. Snacks really? are really good. Though. See, really well, I, I, I would get indigestion, but you, you could do the bonobo way in that sense. Totally. There's okay. some other ways we shouldn't follow bonobos in every way, like, you know, but I'm not going to get into all of them. But, yeah, but you would eat and, uh, okay. As uh, a lesbian, I do condone eating while having sex. <laughs> Is that a lesbian thing? And <laughs> <laughs> um, Yeah, it's just a transfer of way of thinking. It's basically flipping your mind over. There's a there's a lot of lesbianism among the bonobos, you know. It's bisexuality, but you know, I mean, the girls are we doing all have it. the same parts. Yeah, yeah, they got big parts though. These giant clitorises, and uh, wow. and, and it makes it sound like a dinosaur. A dinosaur? Clitoris. It sounds like a dinosaur. Oh, a clitoris sounds like a dinosaur. You say clitor clitoris? Yeah. You say clitoris. I say clitoris. <laughs> You say bonobo, I say bonobo. Some people say bonobo, That's but what I don't. the whole thing is. Yeah, well, we're going to call the whole thing off because it's time to celebrate <laughs> Thanksgiving. Nice. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Happy, Hanukkah. Happy Hanukkah. Happy <laughs> Hanukkah. Yeah. Okay, so now who's going to get the first spanking? Okay, I it mean, sounds like candy. Right? Right. I mean, you're okay. complaining the about it. The bootalicious booty here. Go ahead and solve that problem. <laughs> All right. <Roar>. So, um, <laughs> so let's see. We, we don't okay. have a lot of room. This we is don't. really so not. I think we should put her kind really of like toy, over, oh, over my knee. Over my knee. Okay. I do. That right. is the best position for a, okay, a so. good spankalicious Are you holiday. okay with being the spanking guinea pig? I am. I'm just. This is. I'm just so blushing, and I'm brown, so I don't know. <laughs> so don't worry about it. Exactly. Nobody knows. Really, you <laughs> No, I can them. tell. I can tell. I see the pink coming through the brown. It's very beautiful. Very becoming. I'll be firm yet gentle. Okay, so uh, we have a Jux leather. Oh my gosh. Vlogger. So you're gonna get across. <laughs> And what what do we got here? The maybe the video can the video see or or maybe we should do this. So everybody come over to this hey. side. Just here, you can use the table for yeah. support, and then I'll just give it. Let's see. Look, there's my hand. There's no, no, no. Maybe you should. No, you should turn so that your butt oh. is facing the camera oh. here. Can I get it? But but facing no. this way. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so. A little bit. Oh, God. Hold on. I'm going to hold your go. rest. Right. No, you, you, you can hold my rest. Okay, this is a Thanksgiving celebration in Bonoboville. 
so hard okay there you go Yay. she said soft she's a softie right and then in between you have to do you have to do caresses caresses oh thank you guys it's all part of Thanksgiving. thank you yeah thank you spank you yeah okay and let's hear it for candy oh my gosh thank you and Trixie and Asher oh my turn totally Oh, oh, your uh, turn. Okay. My turn. Please. <laughs> <laughs> oh. There. It's Thanksgiving, and I don't have, I have regular underwear. I'm sorry. They're seamless, though. Okay, here goes Ashley. A little bit more. Done. Yeah. Whoa. I don't even care. Oh. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. I like wow. let me do it hard. <laughs> Focus on that. Yikes. Yes, go ahead. Don't tell okay, me to Okay, there's quite huh? a lot of spanking going on here. Okay. It's definitely spanking. Oh All right, thank you very much. Ta-da! All right, let's, uh, of course, now my guests can't sit down. Oh, wait, wait. And then I think only Dr. Susie can give her a little whack. Miss Trixie, because I, I feel... You feel that, that I should get a whack? Yes, I feel that you should get a whack. On Not that kind of whack. <laughs> You can whack me, Dr. Susie. Spank me. Yes, yeah, I, I can cool. spank you. You can spank wow. me. Wow. That's such an honor. <laughs> because That's my own paddle. <laughs> Trixie is such a dom. Right. She must be ready to celebrate the holiday. And she has a tail. Just like a monkey. Right. But this is Bonoboville, brothers and sisters. So here we go. Okay, you want it with this now. And whack. There you go. Happy Thanksgiving. <laughs> Thanks, Dr. Susie. Best Thanksgiving All ever. All right. Whoa. Oh! Oh! Woo! Happy Thanksgiving. <laughs> <sighs> so now we have a few more minutes left to the live broadcast here at drsusie.tv. And, uh, and we're celebrating the holidays. Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving. Thanksgivinga. Mm, the Festival of Lights and Wax. <laughs> and we are also in this holiday time that, you know, kind of celebrates food. Uh, we are talking about saving some creatures, our cousins, who like food as much as we do and combine it with sex. And, uh, and yeah, in fact, the Bonobo <laughs> Conservation Initiative Thanksgiving greeting shows a bunch of bonobos sitting around um, eating, uh, you know, because they just they just love uh, their holidays and any time is a holiday when food shows up for bonobos. So read the book Empty Hands, Open Arms by Denis Bichard and support the Bonobo Conservation Initiative and join Bonoboville, right? We're yeah. not only a place in L.A., although we certainly are, we are also uh, a place, a space, a state of mind, a state of connectedness on the Internet. And uh, you can join us at bonoboville.com. So we're almost ready to launch Bonoboville. I'm so excited for Bonoboville. Yeah, why? We have a place by the beach. 
Oh. And in the red light district. I don't want to get <laughs> Yeah, there's going to be all different districts, mountains, forests, certainly the rainforest. Yeah, and uh, and the beach. You want to live at the beach. I do. I'm a beach babe. Are you? I Did am. you ever actually live at the beach? No, but I live very close. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but you do now. Located. Do you like long walks on the beach? I do like long walks really? on the beach and having my I hair thought that was a cliche. skipping down the sand. I'm a lesbian, Doc. She says, I love all the, the cheesy shit. And little with <laughs> little kisses on your ear. Kiss, yeah, kiss, I love, kiss. Love ear nibbles. Mm. Oh. Okay, let's see. Asher. Asher. Asher's our new webcam sex therapist. Hello. Why are you kneeling down? Hey, I don't know. Chair. I feel like I you're need small. to be left. Not I'm, that small. I'm, no, no. You right. you, oh, there we go. There you go. Okay, so now you're sitting. And, uh, and so how are you enjoying uh, your stay in Bonoboville? You know, it's a it's a different, like you said, frame of mind, sense of community. It's a growing community. It's a, a very peaceful one, but yet it's uh, very freeing at the same time. And uh, I'm very thankful for, you know, discovering this because, I mean, it's just awesome. I mean, basically, it's just a more peaceful environment and state of mind than what you're used to on a normal daily basis of all the hustle and bustle of LA and other major cities around the world, that we forget the fundamental, smaller, more simple things that goes on within us and throughout our lives and our world. That speaking of simple things, how's your butt? My <laughs> simple ass butt is about as red as a cherry, and it's lovely that way. Yeah, okay. Thank you. That's why I made you sit down. I wanted you to be sure yeah. to feel it, yeah. Okay, and here we go. Here is Candy. Other a therapist. new Woo! therapist who's going to be doing webcam, and uh, she is doing phone. Have you gotten some interesting uh, calls? I have. I've gotten some amazing calls, and I, I love all the callers. They're great. They've been really great to me, and um, I love it. I love it. All right, so give us a call. Uh, we're almost done with the show. It's been a busy show, but you can call if you want to talk to any of these ladies privately. 310-568-0066 is the direct number Bingo. here at the Institute. 310-568-0066. Where's yeah. Captain Max? We want to do a wrap-up, Captain Max. Captain Max. Captain Max. Yeah. yeah you don't want to do a, a little wrap-up on the show? Wrap-up. Yeah, oh. I Can guess, I be Captain uh, Max for Thanksgiving? You want to be the cap? You want to be Captain Ma Max? Okay. For Thanksgiving. All right. Okay, you so have how to do take you? Not for real. Just for pretend. Right. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> you be Captain Max. How are you gonna pretend? And I'll be Trixie. <laughs> I'll put I'll put on my deep radio voice. <laughs> okay. I think it's so, Captain. Yes. What are we wrapping up with? Uh, Bonobaville is awesome. You should join Bonobaville and check out the marketplace of billets. Possibilities. I think there's com. too much bass in her microphone now. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, is this one better? Oh, yeah. That's oh, okay. much better. Right. Yeah, visit the uh, Marketplace of Possibilities. Oh, right. The Marketplace of Possibilities because guess what? It's shopping season. It is. We you have know? great Black Friday sales. We do. And Cyber Monday. You know, you don't sound like Max at all, but I it know. is kind of sexy. Whatever you're doing. <laughs> I'm, try I'm trying to channel the suaveness of Max. Yeah, yeah. You are doing it. You, you know, there's a suaveness, but definitely with your inimitable Maybe style. if I had a different hair style. Oh, come <laughs> on. <laughs> or yeah, the hat and the glasses. I'm not in the attire to be matched. No, but no, no, no. I'm but definitely you, in Trixie attire. Yeah, you're, do, you're doing good as uh, in, in just, you know, pretending. <laughs> because after all, role play is a big part of what we do. Yes, I need to be we under Max's to tutelage for a little bit longer. Their, 
their wildest fantasies. jungle fantasies, animal fantasies. Anybody get any animal fantasies? No, but I would love to because yeah. I make a fantastic panther. Mm-hmm. Make wow. animal noises when you have <laughs> sex tonight. All right. Uh, you can hoot like a bonobo or you can purr like a cat. Mm. Or you can bark like a dog. Down, boy. It really does kind of free something uh, to identify uh, with our animal nature in some way. I mean, we're mostly in a state of what Franz de Waal calls anthropodenial. Guess what that means? Um... Society, not society. Anthropology has to do with like history and things, right? No? Correct. And anthropol, um, multiple history denial. Well, it it has to do with denial of our animal nature. Mm. Oh. You know, uh, it's it's like when you deny that you're an anthro, that you're part of the great chain of being, that you're close to the bonobos, that you're part of the rainforest, that you're part of the earth. I mean, most of us walk around in a state of anthropo-denial. We are denying who we are. We, we kind of act like, you know, all the pollution we're doing is okay. We, we act like, you know, our shit doesn't stink. We act like, uh, you know, we, we rise above these animals like we own animals like we own land like we own sometimes people mm -hmm. but uh you know and that's kind of not fashionable to own people anymore but owning land <laughs> well Unless it was they're employees. Right? when they're was. employees they're okay that's what really screwed up the congo all this <laughs> selling of people that's business right. you know that's right. but that's but right. really selling of people is like the worst but it's you know even if you own land it's kind of like why you know, the land is part of the earth. We're all part of the earth. We're all connected. Right. And anthropodenial says, you know, I own this and you own that and uh, I'm not an animal. Um, I am an animal. <laughs> <laughs> so what do we do to get in touch with our animal nature? All kinds of things, really. But one thing is um, making animal sounds. And just sex itself, right? Sex itself, when Hot, it's really sweaty, good. sweaty, animalistic sex. It's animal, right. Primal. It it gets you into that primal state, right? So uh, get it on. I'm getting all kinds of tweets tonight. Radio <laughs> Suzy 1 is off the chain. <laughs> My tit has been vibrating, Dr. Suzy. I hear you. <laughs> I feel you. <laughs> I feel you. Okay, so there's a race. There's a there's actually a Hanukkah candle race going My on My bet right is on now. yellow up front. Yeah, oh, okay. Yellow okay, up front. I'm tired of losing. I think I'm going to do the blue. <laughs> one, yellow, I don't know. Do the, the blue, okay. And uh, pick a pick candle. candle. I'll take red for the blood of the people. The blood of the oh, people. I mean, Ooh, that was deep. And yes. Shark Week also. <laughs> <laughs> for those of you who are celebrating this week. <laughs> well, somebody's always celebrating somewhere. <laughs> it's five o'clock right. somewhere, Dr. Susie. Yeah. Twenty-four <laughs> seven. <laughs> All right, so uh, we're, what else are we promoting? Um, we have the book, um, which they can purchase on Amazon. Um, oh, yeah. Well, this, Empty Hands, Open Arms, well, they can purchase it on Amazon, preferably through our site. Right. Uh, and we also have, of course, drsusanblock.tv which you can join, yes. uh, you know, you missed the spanking live, but you could see it in replay. 
Or you can call our therapist and tell us all of your spanking fantasies. 310-568-0066. Notice the number has three sixes. That's because... It's we Hanukkah? are so saintly, right? <laughs> <laughs> we are very saintly. It is Hanukkah. It's the Christmas season. Go shopping. Um, you know, it's we're we're even though we're all into connectedness, we are, you know, trying to survive in this property-oriented civilization. So you know, we um, we're capitalists, right? We're While your co- wife's out shopping, give us a call. <laughs> oh, and that's true too. You know, but tell her, okay? Don't. Don't lie to her. Or have her call us. I'd love to talk while I shop. Or call together. You know, we talk to couples, right? And we have couples. (laughs) Okay, so now we've only got a few more minutes. So uh, first of all, I want to thank everybody that's in studio right now. Uh, Candy is our visiting therapist. Candy Moore, thanks for coming. Yeah, you're always invited back. Oh, I feel like family. As long as you bring your butt. (laughs) (laughs) Next time, have your tits out, please. (laughs) Yeah. Just for my preference. <laughs> right. And, of course, Asher of the lovely toplessness. Hello. Asher Fire. She got the memo this morning. Right. Okay. And Asher is also available on webcam. And Trixie, our yes. manager. Trixie P, if you please. And uh, she is here at the Institute. And we're open 24-7. And Let's thank Dr. Susie for being oh. our fantastic host. Who would we be Thank without you, Doctor Susie? Nowhere. Thank mm. you. Not in Bonoboville. Well, you'd be somewhere. I don't know. Doing some sort of shenanigans. But yeah, this you'd is probably be getting into trouble. <laughs> so next uh, Saturday, we're going to have a fun time. We're going to have um, a porn star artist uh, Amber Chase and her husband, yes. who is also a porn star and BDSM gear creator. Designer. Um, designer, Desi- Patrick Knight. Yes. And uh, and we're also going to have my old friend, Howie Gordon, a.k.a. classic porn star Richard Pacheco, Ooh. who is the author of a new book called Hindsight about the golden age of porn. So we're having like three porn stars who do other things, basically. And Amber is going to donate a painting to the Speakeasy <gasps> Gallery I'm of so Erotic excited. Art. Yes, that features like a naked lady lying amongst the um, buildings of Portland, Oregon. That's awesome. Really cool. Yeah. We should do one of those for L.A. Right? Yeah. Somebody should. Somebody probably already has. But anyway, we're going to have not, Amber's, I- and it's, uh, it's a beautiful piece, and, uh, and, <clears throat> and we're going to have uh, another book, Hindsight, and a lot more... Accessories and toys and fun things. Accessories and, and toys. Yeah. Yeah, I should get some accessories and toys over here. Yeah, actually, I should put some in this room. Yeah. Yeah, but it's getting kind of late. We're going to have to go. And just so any. Do I get to say his line now? You get to say what? Do I get to say Max's line? Oh, what's his line? From our house to your house. Well, I think we have another minute and a half. Oh, I got too excited. So, yeah. <laughs> so we're not quite ready for that. Okay. You could tell another installment from his life story because he's been giving installments of his life story. Um, we'll see. Let's see. This past year, um, we're dealing with crazy old tenants and moving into our fantastic new Bonoboville. There you go. That looks like a pirate. You don't sound like Max anymore. A cruise ship treehouse of some sort. <laughs> and we have smokestacks and a captain's wheel. It's beautiful. 
There's only one place <laughs> like this. Not bad. Okay. I don't know how Captain Max is going to feel. In fact, we should we should have a contest to see who can sound like Captain Max. Oh, can I have to practice before that? <laughs> uh, I know you're getting good though. That was a little deeper, you know, getting a little better. All right. So, uh, so yeah. So if you're celebrating Thanksgiving, happy, happy, happy. Eat a lot, drink, be merry, but don't forget that, you know, number one, we have to consider Thanksgiving itself to be a day of atonement for what uh, people from Europe did to the Native Americans of the American continent. And number two, Hanukkah. Yeah, it's a war holiday. Let's celebrate our connectedness. Um, I mean, it's nice to win, but it's really nice when everybody wins. Uh, and fire. We all love fire. Fire is always great. And turkey. We like that too. Uh, and spanking. Spanksgivica. Spanks we got to celebrate that sometime. Right? Oh, yeah. Uh, Eight days. Right. So don't, don't forget <laughs> next year when you celebrate Thanksgiving, also celebrate Spanksgiving and get the book. Thank you, Denis Bechard. Empty Hands, Open Arms, The Race to Save Bonobos in the Congo and Make Conservation Go Viral. Go Bonobo. Go yeah. BCI, Bonobo Conservation Initiative. Thank you, Denis, and buy the book. Get it for somebody for one of these holidays, you know, something or other. It's good and stuffer. Make like bonobos, not baboons. Make love, Woo! not war. Mm. Make love to someone you love tonight, mm. even if that someone is you. <laughs> I love you. From our house to your house, this is Radio Susie 1. Need to talk with someone about something you can't talk about with anyone else? Yay! You can talk to us. I'm Dr. Susan Block, your mistress of the airwaves. But my day job is director of the Dr. Susan Block Institute for the Erotic Arts and Sciences, specializing in sex therapy over the phone. Anytime you need to talk, whether you need serious psychotherapy or a hot phone sex experience or a combination. My world-renowned telephone sex therapists are just a phone call away. Totally private, absolutely confidential. We listen, talk with you, advise you, role-play for you, fantasize with you, no fantasy is too taboo, and help you with anything from impotence to exhibitionism, fears to desires, fetishes to marriages. For more information, call us at 213-291-9497. That's 213-291-9497 anytime you need to talk. You're listening to Radio Suzy One on the World Wide Web.